The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. G'day, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. We've got another interesting one today, copper. It's all about copper in uh, northwest uh, Queensland and uh, an interesting exploration project in uh, New South Wales up in the New England province. Now, copper is uh, all the rage at the moment. We've got BHP and Oz Minerals talking about a $8 to $10 billion tie-up. Uh, the red metal itself is bounced back from lows of early this year up to around $380 a pound. And we've got people like BHP telling us that uh, demand's going to increase, has to increase, to twofold by 2035 if the world's going to get serious about decarbonisation through clean technologies. So everyone's red hot on the, the metal. And uh, we've got this company today, Comet Resources, that's uh, got these projects. The code is CRL. Um, currently uh, suspended because uh, one of the projects, the key project, which I'm sure will be the flagship, is the acquisition of the Mount Margaret Copper project from Glencore up near Cloncurry in uh, northwest Queensland. Lots, lots to talk about the deal itself and what uh, Mount Margaret means for the comment going forward. So we won't mess around with this. We'll get straight into it. And I'll introduce Matt O'Kane. The CEO. G'day, Matt. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much. All right, now, Matt, I've mentioned this uh, Mount Margaret Copper Project acquisition from Glencore. Where's it at and uh, what are you buying? Okay, so in terms of the first question there, where's it at? So we're in the fundraising leg, which is sort of the final stage of this transaction at the moment. We're looking to close that shortly and then relist in, uh, in December, I should say. Uh, so that's sort of where we are with the transaction. Uh, we've been working on this, though, for a substantial amount of time. The deal is we're acquiring, as you said, the Mount Margaret Copper Project from Glencore, which is in, as you said, just north of Cloncurry in what's the, the eastern terrains of the Mount Isa Inlia up there, which is sort of IOCG or iron oxide copper gold territory, and that is the style of deposit that we have uh, at Mount Margaret. Um, so we're acquiring that uh, asset from Glencore for... $20 million all in shares. Uh, we're raising an additional $27 million in equity and we're also getting $27 million in debt from Glencore. Uh, and that 54 total that we'll raise between the equity component and the debt component uh, goes to, first of all, 34 to uh, cash back, which is the requirement in Queensland for exploration projects, a, an environmental uh, rehabilitation bond there due to the fact that this project produced historically and has one pit that has been mined uh, and then the balance of the funds go towards transaction costs stamp duty on acquisition of the asset and leaves us 15 million dollars to pursue our exploration and development programs over the first two years and uh, our plan there is to drill initially uh, we're expecting a substantial increase increase in the in the jork resource uh, it's currently 13 million tonnes, uh, but uh, historically there was a much larger resource done by Exco Resources, which has been depleted by mining partially, 
but not re-estimated. And we're going to go in there, do drilling around these defined resources, these historically defined resources, which are open clearly along strike and at depth. And that's sort of the, the exciting, very low-hanging fruit exploration targets that will uh, hit first up and will then remodel the resource. Our plan is to then go fairly quickly into a PFS and a DFS and to return to uh, production, hopefully within two years is our plan. Uh, and the way we plan to do that is through uh, contract mining and also through toll treating either at the Ernest Henry plant next door, which has significant excess capacity, or down the road at Mount Isa, which is still owned by Glencore, Mount Isa Mines, where they have significant excess capacity as well. So that's our sort of strategy in a nutshell for Mount Margaret. And uh, we just think, as you said, it's a, a fantastic time to be acquiring quality copper projects such as this. And there's not a lot of quality copper projects like this around. Certainly none have produced historically, successfully, have large resources on them at present with clear exploration upside and a sort of a very credible short-term passageway back through exploration development and into production. Now, there's been a share consolidation and you've got this fundraising. I was just wondering at the issue price, I'm just uh, trying to match up the scale of the opportunity with Mount, Mag- uh, with Mount Margaret vis-a-vis your, what your market cap will be at the end of the day. Yeah, so we think there's, quite frankly, very significant upside. We'll be capped at around about 61 to $62 million upon relisting at that 20 cent share price. We spun out in April of this year a, a battery anode grade graphite project in Western Australia into another LISCO doing its IPO, which is a downstream processor of uh, graphite into battery anode materials called International Graphite. Uh, we own 25% of that company, give or take 0.3 here or there. We're about 24.3 or something like that. Um, that's worth around about sort of 13 to $15 million, depending upon where their share price is trading. Uh, and then on top of that, of course, we have the, the two copper projects. Now, if you look at the copper peers in the marketplace, uh, there's really nobody that has the resource size that we have, plus the clear resource upside, plus the clear pathway back to production in a short period, because this is on permitted MLs. So all the resources I'm talking about today are on permitted MLs. When this project last transacted, it transacted for $175 million. Extrata purchased it from Exco. Uh, Extrata then spent $124 million bringing it into production. And a lot of that cost is dollar for dollar cost savings for us going back into production. So we have a a very low capital pathway back into production as well. So it really is a, a great transaction for us in, we think, the same as BHP, that copper's already sort of heading into deficit territory and with the increased demand coming from the renewables, as you said, uh, it's going to become something that I think is going to be a bright spot in the commodity space, in the base metal space moving forward. Now, it was a producer for two years, up until 2014. Uh, what, copper prices at the time stopped things or was there other factors at play? Uh, so two things. So we did have a broadly declining basket of metals prices at that time and you also had, as a result of that, cost reduction actions that Glencore, who were the owner of the project by that stage, were seeking to address in their operations. And the way that they handled that in what was sort of the broader Ernest Henry complex up there at that stage, they were they were mining both Mount Margaret and Ernest Henry open pit. 
and they were using the same fleet. That fleet was purchased and sized for the Ernest Henry Open Pit. It wasn't really the ideal fleet to be mining Mount Margaret. So they decided to just be more efficient, put Mount Margaret on care and maintenance and save the staffing costs, et cetera, associated with that, mine the balance of the Open Pit at Ernest Henry, and they'd already been developing the underground there. They subsequently went underground. Uh, there was around about, I think, an eight-year mine life at the underground at that stage, and their plan was to mine out the underground and then, uh, upon end of mine life there, then transition back to Mount Margaret. But in the interim, Glencore have had a strategy change where they're divesting a lot of their mining assets globally, um, and it's that change in strategy that creates uh, opportunities a lot of time for junior and sort of mid-cap companies to come in and purchase assets that may not be a material asset any longer in the sort of the portfolio of a global tier one mining company when they're doing a, a rationalisation or a strategy change, as Glencore are doing, but represent massive value to uh, a company like Comet. So. And of course, uh, Evolution uh, acquired uh, 100% ownership of Ernest Henry back in November 21 for a billion dollars. And um, it's uh, given the copper credits, uh, they produce zero cost goal, which is uh, just points to the uh, the wonderful mix of copper and gold can have on uh, the bottom lines of these projects. Um, now, your, uh, the job is all 13 million tonnes at 0.78% copper and 0.24 grams tonne gold, um, most of it in uh, measured and indicated, I see. So it's not, uh, we're not talking about having to spend a fortune drilling it out before you get cracking. No, that's right. And uh, there's two project areas there in that 13 million tonnes. There's 10.5 million tonnes at a project called E1, the E1 project area, which is about seven kilometres to the east of Ernest Henry. That's where it produced from historically. Right. Uh, and that, that 10.5 million tonnes of what Glencore are calling resource, uh, as you said, 95% measured and indicated, which quite frankly looks a lot more like a reserve than a resource, um, uh, that's contained within two open pits that are pre-stripped uh, right down to the sulphide ore body. So upon a restart, we have no capital pre-strip to do. We are straight into fresh rock, so we'd be mining ore from day one of recommencement and mining operations. Um, but at that project area, historically, there was a 48 million tonne resource done at a slightly lower grade, about sort of, you know, maybe 0.72 or 0.73% copper, about 0.21 grams a tonne gold. Uh, that was done by Exco, and that's the resource that ultimately led to Extrata acquiring Exco. Now, they did mine there, and uh, we've got to go in there and estimate the amount of that material that's been depleted, but there is, you know, probably more like sort of like, you know, 30 to 35 million tonnes of that material left there. Uh, and so we're going to go in and drill clear extensions of those ore bodies to add even more resource inventory in over time. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's the kind of opportunities I'm talking about with the project for resource growth. Now, down south at the Monokoff project area, there's two and a half million tonnes there. It's higher grade, that resource down there. It's more like a percent copper plus <clears throat> sort of 0.3 grams a tonne gold. And it's clearly open to the east. When the independent geo did a site visit, he walked the ground to the east uh, around about 600 to 800 metres and noticed oxides of copper at the surface everywhere. And as that is on a slight sort of rise in the terrain, it's highly unlikely that those oxides of copper have been moved there by either mm. uh, wind or water. Uh, so 
it's highly likely that instead they come from the sulphide ore bodies that we know exist there. Uh, now, they did do one step-out drilling program from, it's called Monokoff, that project area down the south, it's about 20 kilometres south of the E1 project, a bit closer to Cloncurry. Uh, they did one step-out drilling program, which is not yet incorporated into that chalk resource of 2.5 million tonnes down there, higher-grade material, and it was even higher-grade, it looks to be, moving to the east. There's some spectacular hits there. Uh, you're talking from surface, you know, from 4 metres, from 16 metres, for intervals between 20 and 50 metres, at significantly north of 1% and in some cases 2% copper plus gold credits. So mm. that looks extremely exciting as it appears that it extends quite a way to the east based on the surface expressions of copper oxide. So, you know, you've got exploration upside in both of the project areas. Uh, it looks to be significantly higher grade down at Monokoff. And, um, and then, as I said, you know, all on permanent MLs, there's a 20 kilometre absolutely top grade haul road connecting both both mining sites or both uh, resource areas to sealed roads. So we have all weather access to the project as well. Um, and then, you know, no need for infrastructure. All the infrastructure is in place. It's a mining district already. There's mining mm. people around. So it's you couldn't ask for a better province and, in my opinion, a better metal with, you know, past production, de-risking future production, plus a lot of resource growth in the short term. So that's really yeah. the fun package. Yeah, that part of the, the world around Cloncurry, Mount Isa there, it's uh, is to copper what Kalgoorlie is to gold, I guess, in terms of access it to is, people and equipment and infrastructure. It is it is 100% that. You're 100% right. And, uh, yeah, so it's just uh, get the, the capital raise closed and I'm just really uh, excited to, you know, get boots on the ground and start moving forward. That will all come to pass. But in, just in terms of the forward plan, do you need to scope out a restart or do you go straight into a feasibility study or what's the story? Yeah, we, we won't need to do like a... Uh, you know, a scoping level study, um, <clears throat> we will just go straight into a PFS. So there's already been a PFS done by Exco on this project, actually, at the E1 project area. Um, so before they were purchased by Extrata for $175 million, as I said, they did, their, they did their jork resource in 2009, 48 million tonnes, and then they did uh, their PFS in 2010. They were, they were bought before they uh, completed their, their DFS. Um, so we'll just head straight into a PFS um, because all we're going to be doing is drilling out a bit, remodelling the resource for not only the addition of resource that we add in through our uh, current drilling program, but also remodelling that historical resource, which was a 2004 res resource to 2012, less the mining depletion. Um, and then we'll conduct studies on those resources to, to get the restart going. But where we will start mining will be those two pits that are pre-stripped and ready to go. And at the end of the day, does uh, Glencore end up with a, a shareholding in the company? They do. They'll have about an 8.2% shareholding. So they're taking consideration in sh accommodation of shares and cash. Um, and, uh, and so they've been, quite frankly, a very, very supportive partner through this process, uh, providing us not only with the debt, but also taking some equity um, and they have the right to appoint a director. I, I don't believe they will at the start, but I think they probably will once we're getting closer to a, a restart of mining operations because one of the key things they 
uh, the key reason they are investing in this project and providing the debt finance for it is they are confident it goes back into production and that's their incentive here really is they want the copper concentrates because they have a smelter down at Mount Isa that is under capacity and needs more material coming into it. So they uh, want to help us get there and provide more to them and that's what I want to do also. I did mention uh, a copper project in New South Wales up near uh, Tamworth, uh, Barabra, um, historic uh, copper production area going back to the 1890s, 1880s. Uh, a bit of a breakthrough there in terms of getting access for exploration work recently, I see. That's right, yes. So we completed uh, the native title permitting part of that in uh, earlier this year. We, we sort of completed it around about... June, July was when we got the final permits from New South Wales government um, and there is funding provided in this capital transaction we're doing at the moment to uh, explore there as well. That's a different style of deposit. It's a, a VMS style deposit or uh, volcanogenic massive sulphides. So higher grade, um, they had some really spectacular grades there in the past, uh, sort of like 4% copper and 5% zinc. Um, it did produce for during a few periods, uh, as you said, in the late 1800s and the early 1900s. And so we know where those VMS uh, ore bodies are. There's three already identified, so we're going to go in there and drill extensions of those. And uh, I think we'll get some pretty interesting drill holes out of that based on the historical grades that are reported uh, for production. Has it had much exploration in, in the modern era? No, it hasn't. It hasn't at all. So there's, there was a little bit of uh, geophysics done at a point in time, uh, a couple of holes drilled, but those holes were drilled sort of uh, uh, in uh, uh, quite a way away from the existing ore body. So they were sort of like true exploration holes and uh, we don't think they were drilling in the right area, quite frankly based on subsequent geophysics that was done. But um, there hasn't really been much. So certainly no modern exploration techniques utilising modern geophysics. And modern geophysics, particularly downhole geophysics, is really, really useful in uh, identifying subsurface potential blind loads or, or repeats of the, the existing three loads that we are, have already identified. And when could it be expected to see some drilling there? Uh, we'll get into drilling there, you know, pretty much in parallel with starting exploration up in uh, Queensland. Maybe may a little bit of a lag because we'll fo focus on getting everything set up in Queensland first and then uh, move forward with a drill program. And it's not going to be a massive drill program down there at the start, so it shouldn't be too hard to, uh, you know, we just need one rig out there on site. We've already gone out and planned out the drill pad locations and access for the drill holes that are planned. So it's just a matter of engaging a drilling company and getting out there and doing the work. Now, I love the company's name, Comet Resources, but I'm just wondering with uh, Mount Margaret becoming such a significant asset for the company, any name change planned or are you sticking with Comet? Uh, I'll stick with Comet. I, I haven't come up with anything better, quite frankly. So, so I think I'll just leave it the way it is. Um, you know, look, maybe at a point in time when we get back into production, we'll, we'll change it. Maybe it becomes Comet Copper Company or something like that or... But uh, yeah, for now, I'm just focusing on uh, actually getting the transaction closed and then moving forward with the initial exploration program. Company names are like children's names. They become what, what they're called. And let's not forget, BHP doesn't have much to do with Broken Hill anymore, does it? So. That's right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so let's just bring it together for investors and uh, give them a feel what they should be looking out for in the near term with this. 
Yeah, so the near term is going to be really exciting exploration, quite frankly, because we're not drilling in areas, and I'm talking about Mount Margaret here at the moment. Mm. We are drilling clear extensions of known ore bodies, both at the E1 project area, which is the northern project area, and the Monokoff project area, which is the southern project area. Um, So we know we're going to be hitting ore. Uh, It's just a question of how far does it extend along strike, how far does it extend at depth, and uh, that's sort of one of the primary things we're trying to find out about this program. And then we model that in, and I think you'll see some really, really exciting numbers in resource scale uplift as well. And uh, on top of that, there's also two extremely large geophysical coincident with geochemical uh, assays showing elevated levels of copper and gold in them, so suggesting that there's possibly another two significant IOCG deposits within the exploration licences on this on this project. And so, you know, we really have sort of like three legs here of, of you know, real price catalysts. The first is the... The drilling and then subsequent resource, revised resource, incorporating, you know, that historical resource, less mining depletion, plus the new resources that will define out of this drilling program itself. Uh, then, you know, you have the pathway of PFS and DFS. Um, and then additionally, you have this sort of real blue sky exploration upside from these very, very large geophysical and geochemical uh, exploration targets, which are drill ready. Um, just again, go out there and start start putting holes in the ground and find out what's down there. But they certainly look extremely prospective from the geophysics and the geochemical uh, two anomalies which overlay each other, so are coincident. Well, there we go, folks. Uh, very interesting story. Um, market cap circa north of fifty million when it comes back on in December. The term gets thrown around a bit. You know, we I talk, quite often talk about. Uh, companies with advanced projects but uh, it's a long time since I've come across one that is this advanced in the copper space and that's because it's been hidden away in uh, Glencore for 10 years or so so great to see uh, coming out and seeing the light of day and uh, Comet Resources pushing things along there so one to watch so thanks for your time today Matt good luck with it all be watching with interest thank you very much cheers cheers bye bye